Fratelloni Hardware and Garden Stores brings your Garage Logic podcast number 1189, November 10th, 2023. 69 degrees was the, uh, the high on this day. That was in ni- that was in 2012, and it was uh, three degrees on this day in 1986. And I have news coming next week that once again puts these modern nattering nabobs of meteorology to shame. Hail the flashlight king! Hail you! And now from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Chris Reavers, Manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. May I have Ray of Hope, please? All right. Here's today's Ray of Hope. Joe, I just finished attending the Veterans Day Assembly at our school. Elmwood, Wisconsin isn't a big community. I know it well. Elmwood, Wisconsin had uh, quite a flurry of UFO sightings in the early 1970s. Mm. I wonder why they chose that town. Well, it it is on the flight path into Minneapolis-St. Paul. Elmwood, Wisconsin isn't a big community, around 800 people. Elmwood isn't a big school, around 25 in the graduating classes. But like many of the communities, as you travel farther from the country's tallest buildings, these communities make up for it in size of heart. The assembly in the gym was always centers around our local American Legion post, made up of some of the finest men this country has seen. The program is conducted with the respect this day deserves, the advancing of colors and opening prayer, yes, in a public school, Recognition of the vets in the full bleachers, songs of patriotism by the K-12 students performed by choirs and the band. It wrapped up the post honor. It wrapped up by the post honor guard uh, filing out to the lawn next to the gym, firing a 21-gun salute in the playing of taps. Mm. It's by far my favorite event the school does every year. It's the school my wife and I attended. The school my wife teaches at and where our three children attend. We take pride in the fact that the school takes time every year to honor the vets the way they do. Little old Elmwood continues to preserve a concept of life that is no longer supported by the majority of this great country. Good luck and back to Chorin. Tom Negendorf, Elmwood, Wisconsin. Give another ray of hope. All right. Here's today's ray of hope. It's a pleasant start to it a Friday is, isn't show. It, Matt? Yes, I like that. Elmwood, what time is it? Lem. And I also like to know, uh, Bill Stein is reminding us that on the night of November 10th, that's tonight, the Split Rock Lighthouse on the North Shore will be lit to honor the 29 men who perished on the Edmund Fitzgerald when that witch of November came stealing. This year we had a 30th name, Gordon Lightfoot who composed and sang this haunting ballad, The Wreck of the Ebon Fitzgerald. The Bard of Canada will be sorely missed whenever Terry and I would make our annual fishing trip to Sioux Narrows on Lake of the Woods. It was our tradition upon clearing Canadian customs to pop in the CD of Gord's Gold, his greatest hits, which would carry us all the way to Totem Lodge. A few years ago, thanks to a dear friend and fishing buddy who knew a high roller, 
We got front row seats to hear Gordon at the Grand Casino on Malax Lake. We literally sat at the feet of the master as he played his entire repertoire of hits. Time had not been kind to Gord. His body had been racked by many maladies, and he was just a shell of the lusty, bearded, blonde troubadour of old, but his voice was strong, and it was a night to remember. Rest in peace, Gordon. Hmm. And uh, Bill has written The Wreck of the F. Scott Fitzgerald. Oh. Ah. Interesting. He believes that you used to call it that. Mm -hmm. He's thinking of our dear friend Terry Train. Yes. Terry Train. And we say that on the show to honor Terry. <laughs> right. One of the great lines of all time. And I think, it was, I don't know if she planned it or not. She was that kind. She had very, very clever, clever humor. Very clever. <laughs> so tell us about that F. Scott Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> the legend lives on from the Ojibwe on down about the men's club they call Gitchigami. It's martinis, they say, can really brighten your day if you're just a young scribe for the Herald. So he started with four and drank 29 more, and it was the wreck of the F. Scott Fitzgerald. Ooh. Got it. was having a little poetic license with with my dear cousin's drinking problem. Yes. Yeah. Cause, Question right. about uh, the, the ceremonial lighting of Split Rock. You know, we have the Duluth Harbor Camp. There, there's not a camera for Split Rock, is there, that we know of? I'm, I'm unaware. Up in two harbors? That's a good question. You'd think Because that'd be pretty be. neat. I'd at least setting tonight. it up for... On a, an occasion like this is, I guess, what I'm uh, trying to say. Let's do the math. Uh, what That's is that? dangerous. 38 years ago tonight? 75? No, more than that. It's 48. Four, yeah. Because I was born in 77. 75 That's, to 2005 would be 30 plus another 8. No, wait, even more than that. Wait, it'd be... It's 48, gentlemen. It's 48, trust me. Uh, Facebook live look split rock... Lighthouse watch live on Facebook. Oh, cool. 48 years, Joe. I will forever capture people. I, I I know why it captures me. I know my reasons. I don't know why it... Will it you with the younger I, generation? You know where I really want to go, and I'm, I'll make sure certain I do. The next time I'm in Detroit, I want to go to that Mariner's Church. What is that? There's a church dedicated to the Mariners of the Great Lakes. It's in Detroit. You could look it up for me, Ricky. I am right now. And, of course, they would be honoring the 29 souls who lost their lives sure. on this night in 1975 when the witch came stealing because that that lake stirred up worse than an ocean that night. Mariners Church of Detroit is the a church, Mariners church with yeah. worship services adhering to Anglican uh, liturgical traditions in downtown Detroit, Michigan, founded in 1842 as a special mission to the maritime travelers of the Great Lakes. I really want to go there. It's Episcopalian. I don't think, I think God would forgive me if I went to an Episcopalian, Episcopalian church. Episcopalian is just Catholic without the guilt. Right? All it's, are uh, welcome it, here. They're all the same, basically. Right. It's just who you feel right. You should do that when you go to the Detroit auto show that you forget to schedule every year. <laughs> right. I do, don't I? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have dark thoughts. Oh, good. Ooh. I was in such a good mood. <laughs> the uh, First of all, the idea that uh, the current elected class, uh, both in St. Paul and Minneapolis, are proponents of diversity is false. They're, that's not true. 
they are all ideologically the same. So therefore, there is no diversity of thought. None. 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 Now, I could begin in a number of places today. Uh, I think the best we can say is that this could very well fall apart. The, uh, the, the leadership of democratic socialists could, could fall apart because it's, I think, it's, it's fated uh, to be so unsuccessful that something will be something will happen. I, I don't. I'm not wishing that. I'm just saying that the uh, when you look at who gets elected, there is no financial competence there. There is no fiduciary responsibility. There is no private sector backgrounds. For the most part, they don't have families. Mm-hmm. For the most part, they're renters, so they don't have the kind of stake in proprietorship that many people do. And there is no check on their behavior. That's the biggest yep. That's the biggest thing. They uh, go unchecked. Uh, I got a note from a couple of people wanting me to know that, that Melvin Carter is now advertising for two more jobs in his cabinet. Fantastic <laughs> job growth. We're creating jobs. There's no room at the end. One is called Aid to the Mayor. The Aid to the Mayor will serve as a primary support staff member for the mayor's daily official duties. <laughs> like wow. stay home? The role works closely with the mayor's executive assistants and scheduler. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Why do you need an aide if you already have an executive executive assistant? And you've got a, a staff. So this will be an aide to the executive assistant slash scheduler to coordinate advance and staff meetings, appearances, events, and functions. Also, we're advertising for a director of intergovernmental relations. The intergovernmental relations director is responsible for developing and implementing strategies to achieve the city of St. Paul's legislative and policy priorities with state and county governments and other partners. So, you know, don't... Don't let this day pass. If you're looking for a gig, there's a couple of a hundred grand a year jobs right there. Wow. They're redundant and they're not needed. But what is to stop this hedonistic spending? What what will stop it? Uh, lack of money. But right now, can, they don't foresee that. They can just, you just repeat the one sentence of what the aide's primary role is? And there's a reason why I'm asking you to do that. The aide, the, this new position, the aide, the mayor, will serve as the primary support staff number, staff member for the mayor's daily official activities. Well, the reason I asked, Joe, is because we've already got a communications director. We've already got a press secretary. We've already got a constituent services coordinator, an office manager, a political director, a director of business engagement, go on and on. So this person's essentially going to be in charge of scheduling for all of these other made-up jobs, right? That's what the aide's responsibility is going to be. I'm aware of that. I'm, that's insane. 
It is. And I think what we have to realize, what the citizens of Minneapolis and St. Paul have to realize, I don't know how they're handling this in Portland and Seattle and L.A. and Frisco and New York and Chicago. Uh, I don't know how sane people are handling what's happening to their cities. Uh, well, how can he just make up a... Because, Matt, who's going to stop him? Well, who does he answer to? He doesn't. Well, you can't just make up There jobs. is no one he answers to. And the only people that he might would be at the, what, the state level? And well, they're all on board. But look, <laughs> right. Melvin is just a cog in this wheel. Yes. He, he's not entirely the bad guy. He's just playing the game. And he just happens to very happens to have a very important role in the wheel. He's the mayor. And there's absolutely nothing to stop him from going to find another third cousin and give him a job that pays a hundred grand a year. I'm not suggesting he's hired third cousins. I'm suggesting that there is no way for us to know. There's no way for us to check. And I've had some deep thoughts on the service road of life. It's been great walking weather lately. Yes. It's even going to get better next week. The aspirations of socialism are paltry. Would you like to know what I mean by what that? What do you mean by that? I don't even know what that means. Bicycles for all. Is that really, uh, is that a major it's not a need. aspiration? No, no. <laughs> not even bicycles for half the population. On the list of concerns, you're right. That's no, not I mean, up there. When you, when you look at the aspirations of a socialist class, and that's who governs us now in both St. Paul and Minneapolis, their aspirations are dim. They're 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 paltry. There's there's nothing grand about them. Okay. There's nothing major about them. There's no new edifices in store. There's there's no uh, there's no grand uh, enlightenment to better the 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 population. I'll give you an example. Bill Glan of the Center of the American Experiment wrote this. Uh, you're aware that, and it was unbeknownst to us, because again, who's going to put the check on it? Right. They're building a new state office building. Mm -hmm. Saw that. Uh, even though many of the people who presumably would occupy it have yet to return to work. Yep. They've been working remotely, and there's no way to check on them. The members of the House of Representatives will be able to wave, this is Bill Glant, to adoring crowds from high above the state capitol <laughs> grounds in St. Paul, a project so wasteful and bloated that it's been nominated for one of this year's Golden Turkey Awards. The state's lower chamber is moving ahead with a half-billion-dollar project to construct a new office building for Minnesota's 134 House members. Didn't we just have a state building well, we just renovated the Capitol. Yeah, but there the, is a state office building. Yeah, where Tasty used to be, mm -hmm. the bakery. Mm -hmm. And then Glan provided a rendering of the new office building as it was presented to the legislators. And there is a magnificent balcony. Oh, I bet that's where, pretty. Where these people who uh, have no aspirations other than their own they wave down to can the go and wave to us. Yeah. According to the floor plans for the new complex, the new balcony will not be open to the public. Oh. To be located on the fifth floor, the new balcony space will be within the private spaces used by the House of Representatives. Currently, this fifth floor space is controlled by House Majority Leadership. 
which is, is democratic. The built-in covered balcony terrace, he's gone and circled all this in these drawings. Go to, the web, uh, go to AmericanExperiment.org and look at this. Is not clearly seen in the public renderings of the project, but will be for the exclusive use of Democratic House leadership. If you look closely at the drawings, the plans were prepared by the celebrity firm Robert A. M. Stern Architects, with their main offices being on Park Avenue in Manhattan. Whoa, dreary old Manhattan. Don't we have local Wait, architects? Wait, what's wrong with our architects? <laughs> Don't we have local yep. architects? You may recall that Stern's outfit was behind the prestigious 11 condo project in downtown Minneapolis. We, the center of American Experiment. We wrote about the 41-story 11 project last year. Stern also designed the George W. Bush Presidential Library in Dallas. Adding insult to uh, adding injury to insult, the entire project is terribly expensive. In a letter to the current House Republican leader, Lisa DeMuth, Republican Cold Spring, the Minnesota Management and Budget Office outlined the cost of the project, which may cost taxpayers up to $275 million in interest payments alone. The, pro wow. the project's total financing cost, principal plus interest, works out to $730 million total, or more than $5.4 million per House member. The legislature took an unconventional financing path to avoid having a recorded vote for the project. Oh, dirty! Rather than issue state-backed bonds... To the general bond-buying public, the government is borrowing the half-billion from a private investment bank. The low-bidder investment bank is another Manhattan-based, Manhattan Madison Avenue entity, Jeffries, LLC. A little over a year ago, Jeffries was fined $50 million by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission for various record-keeping violations. In a related move, the U.S. Commodities Futures Trading Commission fined the firm an additional $30 million for violations under their purview. Construction for the new complex is expected to be complete in late 2026. It's a lot of money, Joe. So they have paltry, paltry aspirations, but not for themselves. Nope. <laughs> this this is a beautiful looking building. It's, really it's nice. grand. It's it's fabulous. It's outstanding. In the meantime, both downtowns are featuring plentiful rental office space all over the place joe because businesses have been shrinking in minnesota for a variety of reasons not the least of which is the state's penchant for taxation now i mentioned bill glon of the american experiment you did and he's got that new state office building you know that came in at 500 million Woo. It's 783. We only missed it by what? It's a, close. Yeah. It's a, close it's a candidate for the center of the American Experiment's 2023 Golden Turkey Awards, which honors ridiculous state spending. You may vote now. Go to AmericanExperiment.org slash Golden Turkey and vote for one of the finalists. The $500 million office building, the Flying Squirrel Study, 
Jesus. The $195 million million Northern Lights Express. And the... uh, Are you going to be able to get through this award ceremony? And the $12 million Governor's Mansion renovation. The Money Pit on Summit Avenue. I'm telling you, go to the American Experiment every day. I do. You learn great things. You learn that the paltry aspirations of socialism are not necessarily reflected in what the socialists want for themselves. But I see no grandeur for the public. And if you think I'm exaggerating, well, you must think I'm exaggerating because look at the Look at the way the voters went in both cities. Yep. <laughs> so you must not believe any of this. You must not be alarmed by it. You must be at peace with it. You must be comfortable with it. You must think this is the way to go. It's sad. And uh, when we come back, I'll, I'll give you additional reasons why this is not <laughs> the way to go. We've had it too easy, and so have our cylinders. I know it's already cold. The snow will soon be flogging us. That means it's time to add seafoam to your tanks, all of them. The summer cylinders, they should already have been shut down and dosed before you put them away. Do it now if you haven't. And it's time to get your winter cylinders up and running, and seafoam motor treatment is your friend. If those carbs and injectors are acting the fool... Hit them with seafoam. That's the answer. You know what else likes seafoam? Deadbolts, knob locks, padlocks. Douse them with seafoam deep creep. It's a lubricator and a rust buster. It's amazing, and it keeps those locks working fantastic when it's below zero. And the deep creep, along with the motor treatment, the trans-tune, Bugs Be Gone, all of it available anywhere that fine automotive chemicals are sold. A local company with a global reach and a true miracle in the world of bad gas, seafoam. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life, Joe Souchere. Might I ask that my dear leaders, when they take out that $500 million loan for that brand new office building, consider the best. North American Banking Company, they're here to help you out, whether you're in... Sorry, Joe's already sad. I don't want to make him any more sad. Well, no, you have to go to a bank in Manhattan. You can't take a local bank. That's true. You wouldn't want to use somebody local. Why would you want to do that? (laughs) North American Banking Company is locally owned and operated, and that's big, because that means loan decisions are made right here in the Twin Cities. They are not sent out of state. So this helps business owners solve problems quickly and expand their business with confidence. You see, North American Banking Company deals with numbers every single day, but you are never going to be one of them. They have six locations to serve you. My location's in Roseville, but you can also see them at 50th in France, Hastings, Woodbury, Shoreview, and their new location in Maple Grove. They offer the same online and mobile banking options as the other banks, but with the unparalleled service of a community bank. They're the best. Check them out online today to find out more. NABankco.com. That's NABankco.com. North American Banking Company member FDIC is an equal housing lender. Joe? You know this this the, the city this state agency that has signed off on this new state office building. Uh, I I read their name in this piece and I'm not finding it now. But I just wanted to make another brief mention about it. Uh, well, they're the same people you remember 
that tried to put walls in that opulent house out on Sunfish oh, Lake. Oh, sure. Until they were caught. Uh, they they must have felt sheepish. They don't often feel sheepish. Uh, it's the Minnesota Management and Budget Office. Uh, they don't often feel sheepish. I don't know what what compelled them to feel sheepish on the occasion of uh, pretending they couldn't find anything else, or they couldn't find anywhere else to stick walls, so they put them in uh, a lakeside uh, big home on Sunfish Lake, and then enough stink was raised. Yeah, that's what it was. That they ended up uh, sticking them at the University of Minnesota house. East Cliff. Is it yeah. fair to say, too, that the people that are all, all for a $750 million government building would be the same people that a few years ago were very much against us spending money to protect our own border. Isn't that fair to say? Fair to say. Something that actually would have benefited the citizens of this country. But here's our future. Uh, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to dial down the hyperbole. Hyperbole. But so far, I think I have. I, I think what we have, as you have socialists leading us in both cities... I think what we find is that their aspirations are puny, uh, except when it comes to themselves. There's no diversity of thought, even though they hector the public about diversity all the time. They're, they're all ideologically the same. There's no distinction in their thinking. Uh, three, there does not appear to be any means of checking their spending. Mm-hmm. There's there's no contrary voice. Now, here's another example of the kind of future we might be living. Uh, the play story today, and it's a miracle it got printed, and I'm glad it did. The, pre, the play story in today's Star Tribune is about a lawsuit brought by a citizen. A new lawsuit alleges that the city of Minneapolis Violence Prevention Office, you'll remember in the post-George Floyd mm-hmm. weeks, we the city of Minneapolis established a violence prevention office, mm-hmm. which never accomplished anything, but they were they had to do something, so they created this this office. If I remember correctly, the violence escalated after that. Right. And the the uh The prevention office, it turns out, used an illegal procurement process to arbitrarily select recipients for millions of dollars of taxpayer-funded grants. They were called the Neighborhood Safety Office. (laughs) Before that, they were called the Office of Violence Prevention. Now, the one thing Cedric the Entertainer did before he split, he even shook his head at this. I remember him saying... How do we know they're accomplishing anything? Because right. right. they were getting these millions of dollars. Basically, you were giving money to some gang members. And they didn't have to file. Re- I remember that. They didn't have to file reports. We, we brought this up, remember, the list of demands mm-hmm. that these that these people had brought forth to the city. Well, the city was trying to buy, to buy safety. Buy peace, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they used the money for, uh, imp- it was COVID relief money. And they, they used it for lobbying and political causes, according to a lawsuit filed by Minneapolis resident and attorney Zachary Coppola in Hennepin County District Court yesterday. Find him. Sorry, repeat we, that we name, please. We want him on the show at some point. Repeat Zachary Coppola, as in Francis Ford, C-O-P-P-O-L-A. 
because uh, right now I'm willing to put this guy, I'm willing to canonize this guy. I, I don't know anything <laughs> about him, but using federal relief money, a neighborhood safety program awarded 175 grand to an organization that lobbies the city on issues related to housing, public safety, transportation, and human services, according to the lawsuit. Thus, the city is paying a lobbyist to lobby the city. The civil complaint says, not only is this a conflict of interest, but all federally funded violence prevention contracts expressly prohibit the use of funds for lobbying or political activities. So this use of federal funds is illegal. Hmm. This is a citizen. I'll get to the importance of that in a moment or why that's so significant that this is a citizen. He's also an attorney. I know. I'm, I'm emailing him right now. Good. Okay. The lawsuit identifies this as a case where the city awarded money to a person who has demonstrated a lack of fiscal responsibility. A Hennepin County judge found the director of the organization liable in 2022 for failing to pay back a $77,000 loan, according to the lawsuit. In the court case, the individual claimed she never took out the loan in question, saying she'd been defrauded by a consultant whom she had hired to help her business. Yet the court found she offered no evidence to support that claim and could not remember, could not remember recall. how much she had paid the alleged consultant, how she paid or <laughs> when she paid. Couldn't remember. I, I, you know what? I forgot. Oh, then it's okay. One month before this judgment was rendered, the organization received a $75,000 contract for violence prevention services, according to the lawsuit. In response to Coppola's data practices request for information about this contract, the city has been unable or unwilling to provide invoices proving how this grant was spent. <laughs> the director of that organization, who was not named in the complaint, was appointed by Fry to a city housing committee where she served from 2019 to 2022. Are you beginning to get a sense of where I'm going here? Yes, I do. All right. Yep. Okay. When Coppola requested public information on the neighborhood safety office for his investigation, the city stonewalled him, made, risk, made misrepresentations concerning his request, and then just stopped responding in violation of the Government Data Practices Act. The lawsuit asks a judge to void contracts and suspend programs funded by the Community Safety Office before more public funds are in, improperly spent. It does not request a monetary award between, be, beyond attorney's fees. And again, I'm, rec I'm ready to canonize this guy who I, about whom I know nothing. Got it. Zachary <laughs> Coppola. Uh, I can't read you the whole piece. It's a long piece. Well, here's what's happening, and here's our future. Just as it is true that the socialists installed into onto both the Minneapolis and St. Paul City Councils have no significant or meaningful backgrounds in working, for example, okay. just as they have no financial sense which would equate into them having very little fiduciary responsibility. They've never learned how to uh, trust or, I mean, not trust, they've never learned how to be reverent to a dollar because the only dollars they've seen have always come from someone else. 
So now you have a situation where in the aftermath of the George Floyd week, the city hustles to pretend it's doing something about it. Okay. This is in the midst of, on the one hand, they're denigrating police, while on the other hand, they realize they have to do something about the violence. So they, they create out of whole cloth these violence prevention scams that turned out to be scams. And then they use COVID money illegally to pay the people in the violence prevention scams. So whoever was at the bottom of paying the violence prevention people was just as lax in any fiduciary awareness as anyone else in city government, which means we're facing a future however long we can keep finding people, like private citizens who, in this case, happen to be an attorney who is, who is the one saying, hold up, wait, wait a, a minute. minute, something ain't right. The person who says that used to be in the government. The person who used to say, yep, right. hold up, yep. wait a minute, something ain't right, used to be a voice we could trust in government, state, county, federal, regional, city, whatever. We, could, we, we founded the country on the trust of having that person and believing that that person had the public good at heart. That person, at least in Minneapolis and St. Paul, does not exist. That person does not exist in St. Paul. So any nefarious use of money in St. Paul, in theory, will only be stopped by St. Paul finding its own Zachary Coppola, a citizen, to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, you've left the guardrails here. In Minneapolis, they've now seen that with this Zachary Coppola, who you've emailed. Yep, I just did. Saying, hold it, people. You are using COVID money illegally for this violence prevention deal. That's illegal. It has to stop. That voice is coming from outside government, which is great, but it shouldn't have to. But shouldn't have to get to that Shouldn't have to. What if they, though, say, Joe, oh, you know what? We were interrupting violence by feeding the kids with the COVID money. Mm Mm-hmm. Minneapolis launched the Neighborhood Safety Office in 2018 to address violence through public health. Frey has proposed proposed a nearly $18 million budget for the office in 2024, the Neighborhood Safety Office, up from $2.7 million in 2020. Yikes. Nine, Nine times almost. Right. The office oversees the Violence Prevention Fund and gang violence initiative, there being no evidence that those things work. Grant programs funded in part by pandemic stimulus packages passed by Congress in 2021. Each program has paid out millions of dollars since 2019 to nonprofit organizations and private contractors aligned with the community safety-driven mission. This is all gibberish. Nope. The final grant recipients are chosen by the director of the Minneapolis Office of Public Safety. Now, was that Cedric Alexander? Was that his title? I think it was, right? Yes. 
The lawsuit says the evaluation process is so flawed. How flawed is it? Well, it falls short of the most basic competitive bidding or proposal evaluation process and is therefore illegal. According to the lawsuit, to decide which recipient should make the finalist list, meaning finalists to get money, city evaluators divvy up the applications for the gang violence initiative grants. One set of reviewers grades proposal A and another set of reviewers grades proposal B. The process on its face does not create an apples-to-apples comparison because reviewers of proposal A may grade more leniently or conservatively than reviewers of proposal B. The reviewers then all meet for a group session in which they are given the opportunity to change their scores, a step that undercuts the purpose of scoring in the first place. In at least one case, when two reviewers didn't show up for the group session, their scores were dropped. As a result, the final average goes on and on and on. <clears throat> Nearly, well, I'm going to say everyone. Everyone in the chain of humans who touched this pandemic money yeah. that ultimately ended up in the hands of so-called violence protectors, every one of them was beyond incompetent I don't think it's unfair to say they were corrupt. Because they... No, it might be unfair to say they were corrupt because for all I know, not everybody in the chain who touched the money put money in their pocket. I'm not alleging that. Everyone who touched the money was not acting in the good faith of protecting the public dollar. How's that? Okay, that's better. Yeah, that's... None of them were acting in good faith to protect the public dollar until a private citizen can't take it anymore. And he files a lawsuit to say, hold up, wait Wait a a minute, minute. something Something ain't right. right. Now, that's our future. That's our future. So we rely on people like this. Because that person does not exist in the city governments of both Minneapolis and St. Paul. When I first was forced to sit down and read this article by you today, you know what the first thing that you came... You don't really shouldn't put it that way. You should have wow. been... You should have enjoyed Jeez. the idea to become more educated. I'm sorry. I'm I was just trying was to have a laugh. Well, it failed miserably. But do you know what occurs to me, Joe, when I read something like that? What? This scheme was discovered. Mm-hmm. How many millions of other schemes are going on all throughout the country that no one has any clue about right now, including right here in our own backyard. That's what's terrifying to me. It's it, you're not you're not incorrect that they're happening. Did and, he just give me a compliment? Yeah, and back here, you're, you're not incorrect. Back here, back here. <laughs> sort of for the taxpayers who care, and judging by the elections, not many do. For the taxpayers who care, our best hope is that people in the public will begin to act like ombudsmen and file lawsuits if they have to. So our best hope for the sanity of the public dollar, our best hope for the preservation of responsibility in the behaving of the public dollar has to rest with 
people outside the government and with the judicial system. Now, here's what's interesting. If we continue on this current path, if we continue on this current path, how long before there is no more Data Privacy Act, which allowed Zachary Coppola, the citizen, to get the information he required? Next legislative session. How, how long does that exist? <laughs> yeah. How long before every judge is a product of the failed academy and is aligned with the socialists, they, there certainly isn't. The, that certainly isn't the case now. We have seen judges time and time again uh, save our save our butts. Judges have come to the front to say, "Wait a minute," and they happen to agree with whoever brought a complaint to them, and they say, "You can't, you can't get away with this." And then the socialists lick their wounds and go back and, and right. dream up other things. Uh, we just had a judge who died, uh, Crump. Ray uh, Crump? Harry, Harry Crump. Harry no. Crump, who saved no. the twins. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Remember they were yep. threatening yep. to, yep. unless yep. we jump through all their hoops, and the judge said, wait a minute, they're, they, you, you can't just take this team and leave here. you got a lease. You, there's, uh, there's, they, there's, a, there's obligations you're committed to. Mm-hmm. Okay, those the judges are saving us so far from complete ruin. And I do predict complete ruin if we run out of judges and we run out of citizens who don't have access to a Data Privacy Act. Let, let me add to that, if you don't mind. Please. I know you, this story is long and you can't read the whole thing, but right. the thing I got from the end of the story was even with the Privacy Act, Data Privacy Act, right. it took him 13 months, this Coppola fella, yep. before they would come through with any of this for him. And there's a little footnote in the story. The Star Tribune apparently nine months ago filed to get information from uh, the uh, this division of the Minneapolis City Council, and they still have not come through with the information that the Star Tribune has filed that they wanted to do a story on it. So even with the Data Privacy Act, I mean, it's, and and literally Coppola says the, this is the only reason he filed the lawsuit. They won't give me information. So I'm filing the lawsuit and moved ahead with it. So it's, you know, wow. either way, it's a pain for whoever's doing it. And obviously citizens, if they're going to pick up the mantle, it's going to be, you know, it's going to okay. be hard. Okay. Breathe. In through the nose. Out through the peanut butter. Mm-hmm. I do smell peanut butter. I, know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do too. I don't know why. No, it's, it's less now. I, okay. I, Let's go. <laughs> so we've really established quite a bit today. We're, uh, we're bleeped. We're, <laughs> we're governed by socialists. And they demonstrate no grand vision. For us, they, their aspirations are paltry, except for themselves. And in the case of the city of Minneapolis squandering the money we know about, mm-hmm. it took a private citizen who conveniently enough happens to be an attorney to be the one who says, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. You know what's right? My garage door company. 
They're in my phone closet. They uh, might be getting a phone call from me. Well, if you got anything wrong with your garage, there's nobody else to call. Well, I just want somebody to come hang out in my oh, garage. Just yeah. to hang out. Right. Right. No, yeah, no yeah, but I, I might, I, I'm going to be making a call here in the next couple of days. Precision Garage Door, the Twin Cities and Western Wisconsin. Uh, they're growing. They're looking for technicians. They're looking for workers. Uh, it's a great, great family-owned GL business. They will be the sponsor for our town council meeting next Wednesday night, November mm-hmm. 15th, at Tattersall Brewery in River Falls, Wisconsin. Uh, they offer great employment bonuses, incentives, company-provide vehicles, paid time off, 401k plans. Get a hold of them. They need... Uh, they need uh, garage door technicians. They need garage door installers. They need warehouse inventory associates. They're growing. They need people. There's no need to sit at home and, and, and not have a dime coming in. These are good people, and they're an equal opportunity employer. And those employees stay because they appreciate uh, the excellent work for which they are compensated. Say uh, they don't charge more for weekends. They take care of everything from the uh, light bulbs to the brand new garage door. They'll take care of everything. Get a hold of Precision Door of the Twin Cities at 612-263-6985 or go online and find them at precisiondoormn.com. Not a Garage Logic town council member. Here's what you're missing. Didn't we have a nickname for you? Yeah, we all had nicknames. What was your nickname? Uh, not the dumb. <clears throat> dumb. The stupid. You're at Chris's jacket. Matt is dumb. John is smart at. No, John is wise. I'm smart. I don't know what I was. You are I'm late to the game. You're no, Joe Joe is proven to be a racist name. Oh. Rattaloni's <laughs> Hardware and Garden Stores. <sighs> yeah. Joe's ready. No more fun. <laughs> no more fun. fun Here we go, over. Tigers. Fun's Here we over. Go. You ready, Rim Shot? I want a Rim Shot. Yeah. Hey, diggy, diggy. John, that's not a song. It is a song. Eric Badu. It's a great song. Rolling, bro. Go behind the scenes of Garage Logic with unfiltered audio and video access, invites to exclusive events, an emailed newsletter from the mayor himself, and more by signing up at garagelogic.com The earth is not your mother The Joe Suchere Show Reavers here once again for Hofferman Water, the best independent water treatment dealer that you will ever have to deal with Get on the schedule right now and have them come out for that free water analysis today 952-894-4040 You can also visit their website which is of course hoffermanwater.com A new system from Connecticut can do so many things that other water softeners just simply cannot do. It's going to cut down on your salt usage. It's going to protect your appliances. It's going to make your showers better, your laundry better, and so is your drinking water. It's all going to improve because of Connecticut and Hofferman. So get on that schedule. 952-894-4040. Hofferman Water has been proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. Please tell them. You heard one here on the Garage Logic Podcast. John, why are you staring at me in the John like Height. I was just messing around there a little bit, Chris. Don't mind me. Really spooking uh, me out, man. Putting a guitar solo on that bump, huh? Yeah, yeah that was very me. good. That was, that was me, okay? Oh, that was okay. me. That's me. This uh, update brought to you by North American Banking Company. Which guitar? Uh, the, the loud solo one. Though. The white the one? one with, 
No, no. Oh, which guitar, guitar was I playing? Use? Yeah. I have no clue, Joe. Okay, goodbye. The, the white one's an acoustic guitar, Thanks so it wasn't you. that. It was probably the uh, Gristle Master. Okay, thank you, guess. John. Thank you. Never yeah. mind. Okay. I know when he recorded it, Joe, because he recorded that for the uh, the Fret Club podcast. Oh, That's okay. correct. That was the music for the What uh, that last? About two shows? That was, I went, no, we went back and looked last week. There was 10 of them. Yeah. Ten of them. Mm-hmm. The Grizzle guitar makes me want to eat steak. No, mm-hmm. it's a Gristle Master. And and yes, it means fresh meat. That's what a, I can't tell you the fellow's name who uh, is responsible for that. Boy, am I sorry I asked. I, I really yeah, am. I it, well, it could, have been, today. could have been a Strat, but I'm not sure. It might have been the Strat or the Gristle Master. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yep. Anyway, anyway, in the news, uh, the story you just talked about, Joe, lawsuit against the city of Minneapolis alleging the city has illegally awarded contracts related to violence prevention programs and stonewalled the plaintiff behind the litigation on multiple public records requ- uh, requests. The reason I bring it up again, uh, the city did send a statement to our buddies at Five Eyewitness News, which, well, I'm just going to read the statement that they sent, okay? Yes. Here's, here's their answer. While the city is still reviewing the verbose complaint, it's clear it's not alleging that the city engaged in any sort of criminal behavior. Rather, the complaint alleges the city engaged in an arbitrary and capricious procurement process and cites various alleged conflicts of interest, many of which are subjective and not actual conflicts of interest in a government procurement process. Grants are lawfully awarded to organizations that have proven to do good and well-connected work in the community. Oftentimes, one word, is that one word? Oftentimes, oftentimes those organizations are run by leaders that have deep ties to the community and many times work for various community facing entities. There's nothing criminal or illegal about that. John, that uh, allow me to say something else then about the socialists we've elected. Mm -hmm. It, It should not be surprising that they would couch what they're saying in those kinds of terms Mm -hmm. because they will adjust behavior that used to be criminal to have it become not criminal. Oh, crime is down. We don't arrest anybody. Because they, uh, Democratic Socialists of America, in their in their charter, in their platform, uh, do not believe uh, prison should exist, for example, don't mm-hmm. want police, and I can imagine them when it comes to these uh, uh, white collar, uh, what used to be violations, if if, if of nothing else, of, of ethics, they will they can easily rationalize themselves out of that because mm-hmm. they're they're doing they're they're rewarding hmm. groups active with the community. You're right. A spokesman for the so department. We got no of, hope. No, we really don't. Well, it, it, the, the whole thing of conflict of interest—that's essentially what government has become—is one big giant conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. A spokesman for the Department of Revenue said that while rebate checks continue to be cashed every day, the department estimates about 150,000 paper checks still haven't been brought to the bank by Minnesotans. Those checks are void after 60 days. They'll need to be reissued, according to spokesperson Ryan Brown. Brown said, though we don't know every reason or have a numeric breakdown of why a check wasn't cashed and voided, we've heard from our contact center that some people destroyed the check, thinking it was fake 
or junk mail. Others returned the check due to personal beliefs, and others didn't update their address so the check wouldn't reach their current residence. A lot of checks were sent directly to Minnesotans' bank accounts via direct deposit. If the state didn't have your banking info, they sent a paper check to the address they had on file. But a number of individuals contacted uh, other news organizations saying they had not yet received a check and were told by the state they'd have to wait until November or December for it to arrive. State of Minnesota working with a vendor called Submittable Holdings in Missoula, Montana to get the checks sent to taxpayers, and that caused confusion because uh, they were very nondescript envelopes. A lot of them probably tossed out people thinking they were junk mail. Individual Minnesotans did get a $260 rebate check. Hope you didn't spend it all in one place. And uh, married filers got $520. Did you... uh did you cash your uh, Minnesota state income right tax away. return? Right away. Boom. Yeah. I did it at the gas station. I got mine in small, unmarked bills. I'm going to need all that. Yeah. <laughs> in the Mideast, Israeli forces closing in on Gaza City's main hospital, which they've said they want to take control of because there's a Hamas com- uh, command center located in tunnels underneath it. Dozens of people were killed and wounded by an Israeli strike on outpatient clinics of the Al-Shifa medical complex. Casualties, according to the Palestinian Authority radio folks, that, that included children and women, but news organizations cannot verify Hamas's claims. Hamas said Israelis tro- Israeli troops and tanks were in the vicinity of Al-Shifa and other hospitals. Engaging in any kind of activity, this is good news, is more beneficial for your heart than sitting around doing nothing, according well, to no research. Well, no bleep, Sherlock. <laughs> Is this well, from the uh, Sherlock Holmes University? It, well, interestingly enough, Joe, that activity can include sleep. What? Think of that. What? Huh? Yeah. Study by the British Heart Foundation, the BHF, represents the first of its kind to examine the link between daily movement patterns and cardiovascular health, represents the first findings to surface from the Global Prospective Physical Activity Sitting and Sleep Consortium. That is the pro-pass if you're keeping I'd track. like to be in that group. Hmm. The Prospective Physical Active Sitting and Sleeping Consortium. Dr. Oh. Joe Blodgett, first author of the study, said the big takeaway from our research is that while small changes on how you move can have a positive effect on heart health, intensity of movement also matters. The most beneficial change we observed was replacing sitting with moderate to vigorous activity. That could be a walk, a run, stair climbing, basically any activity that will raise your heart rate and make you breathe faster even for just a minute or two. The study discovered that the greatest benefits of heart health came from time spent in moderate to vigorous activity, followed by lighter activity, standing and then sleeping. Just five minutes of higher intensity activity had a noticeable positive impact on heart health. Okay, I have a question. Go. I have a question. Mm-hmm. If you go for a really brisk 30-minute walk <laughs> at yeah. 3 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Roughly, sure. right around there. Right yeah. around there. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then at night, <laughs> you sit down and watch a hockey game. Have you just negated your 30-minute walk? No. Uh, no. Doesn't it's sound all like about it getting your steps yeah. in. It's all about getting your yeah, steps in. Yeah, but if you then just... sit... Aren't you committing? As long as you've got the movement yeah. in, you're you're good. You're golden. I, yeah, you, you just got to get your heart rate up. Right. Yeah, but yeah. now you're sitting and none of that's happening. Okay, but your heart, you don't have it. to do it 24 hours a day. I mean, if you took a brisk walk, you got your heart rate up to you know, 110, 120, boom, you've, you've done it. Do you know what I discovered yesterday? I had to go upstairs what? for something. 
Do you know upstairs we got a place where you can get your steps in? I didn't know that. So when you want, when you get all angry, like you were earlier at I'm me not today, angry. you should go up there, get your steps in, get your mind fresh, then I, come down here and do I the show. I can't exercise inside a building. There's a workout room up there? Not really a workout room. It's just like a little treadmill deal. I have no. to exercise really? only outside. Really? I can't be under a roof. Anxiety? Got, uh, no, I just like to. I don't like just. I like to be outside. You, you got a lot of issues, Joe. Not really. Well, no, but you've not you've, really, really. No, but you've you've encouraged me. You're saying that those daily walks, well, sure, that's so good it, enough to allow you to then sit down and watch a hockey game. Well, yeah, but you'd probably don't. I know you. You don't just sit there like a bump on a log for three I hours. Can, do I you? can sit for as long as an hour. Huh. I think then you missed your opportunity because, Rook, wasn't it a number of years ago that we had a member of the sales team walk up to Joe and ask him, do you need any steps? For, <laughs> I need some steps. I need some Jeez. steps. He was talking concrete. Oh, oh that's right. That's, that's right. what it was. Got it. And Frank Borman. Was, no, I don't. No, I believe your answer was No, I don't think we need to go <laughs> Frank Borman, who commanded two early NASA missions, including the first to orbit the moon, has died at the age of 95. He died in Billings, Montana, November 7th, having a stroke. NASA's oldest living astronaut, Borman, was best known for his no-nonsense demeanor and said he cared more about beating the Soviet Union in the space race than any personal glory that came with being an astronaut. His discipline and attention to detail, two reasons why NASA picked him to be an astronaut in 1962. He first flew in space in a 1960 in, uh, excuse me, 1965 aboard Gemini 7, a grueling 14-day mission to prove that humans could survive in weightless conditions. After the Apollo 1 launch pad fire in 1967, he was tapped to serve on the investigation board to figure out the cause of the accident that killed three astronauts. After that, he headed the team that re-engineered the Apollo capsule and allowed NASA to land on the moon in 1969. Mm. Uh, Apollo 8, he was in Apollo 8. Uh, There's little doubt that he would command it, according to folks who followed NASA. Uh, what they wanted to do was send it up, orbit the moon, and come on back. They did that just to make sure that a uh, vehicle could make it to the moon and back. He was, I think I already said this, 95 degrees. Uh, 95 degrees? 95 years That's old. That's hot. I think he'd That's have like, trouble with the uh, current makeup of the city councils. I think, he, uh, I think he would, yeah. too. You know, I was well, doing some investigative research, Joe. You owe Mayor Jacob Fry. An apology. Uh -oh. No, I don't. Because Mayor Carter, with the addition of the new aide, will go up to 17 cabinet members at least. on his staff. Well, Mayor Fry has trimmed his down to only 15. Oh, really? So oh. I think you owe oh. Mayor oh, Fry I'm not going to. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Because I didn't we bring him up. I mean, the hell with him. I don't... We touched on this story yeah. the other day, but here's some more information. Uh, Getty Lee, universally known as the bassist and lead singer of Rush. Worst uh, voice of course, in the world. I can't stand it. <laughs> 200, uh, 2013 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee. What you may not know is while Rush was playing to packed arenas, uh, he was amassing a large collection of baseball memorabilia. Bats, balls signed by some of the game's most renowned figures, people like Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Josh Gibson, Cal Ripken, Albert Pujols, and many, many more. And now after more than 40 years of building up the massive collection, Lee is putting about 300 items up for sale. The auction is titled Selections from the Getty Lee Collection and Important Baseball Memorabilia presented by Christie's. It'll happen on December 6th. Uh, Lee talked with The Athletic about his collection. He said nobody should own the baseballs. You keep them for a while. They're like houses. You take care of them. 
Then they move on to the next person, the next custodian. Uh, some of the other stuff he's got, the final out ball from each of Johnny Vandermeer's back-to-back no-hitters, a ball signed by 26 of the 33 members of the 3,000-hit club. Wow. Lee's, col- uh-huh. Lee's collection also intersects with American history outside the realm of sport. He's got a baseball signed by Neil Armstrong, the first man to walk on the moon. The auction features numerous baseballs signed by presidents, including John Kennedy, Harry Truman, Franklin Roosevelt, and Barack Obama. A ball signed by all four members of the Beatles from the 1965 show at Shea Stadium, expected to be one of the pricier items in the auction. They think it'll go for about $300,000. He said, the items I collected over these years, I collected with passion. I collected with love, but I just have too much. It's time to share them with the world. Is that so? We don't really know why he's doing this, other than this BS about it's time to share them with other people. Yeah, but his I I told you guys I saw a Dan Rather's story on him, and they walked through it, and it takes up a significant portion of his house. Hmm. Not a not just a room. It's hmm. a mm-hmm. you know a whole. A whole part of his house, so he, he probably maybe just. What's the down. word? For we all that? get older. We want to. He asked uh, Santos for an autograph, but Santos signed Roger Maris's. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> and I, Chris, I've been promising Chris this story all week, so here we go. Okay, good. Because I'm getting a text. A man in Ohio sat about twenty feet off the ground in a vehicle that he allegedly tried to steal from a yucking a wrecking yard while waiting for police to arrive to arrest him. Yes, they stuck him on one of those big magnets. You know what I'm talking about, right? I do. Body cam footage from Akron police showed the SUV still hanging in the air before it was gently lifted down so officers could arrest the man. What's your name, man? One of the officers could be heard asking. The suspect in handcuffs answers, none of your business, bro. When told he was under arrest, the suspect asked for what? And he said he was just running from someone when the car moved. The officer who caught the footage then goes to talk to employees at the business, identified as Auto Wrecking of Arlington, and the man who quickly drove the loader to hold the suspect said the car is bouncing, getting ready to flip off the forklift. The 911 call contained by a local station said, so this fella, he's still in the car about 20 feet in the air. The 911 operator starts laughing and says, don't worry, we'll get somebody out to you right away. Business employees told WOIO the incident is a third involving the suspect, who's identified as 26-year-old Alexander Funk. Yep, the first time he's been caught. Uh, Funk was reportedly charged with criminal trespassing and possessing criminal tools. I uh, I don't condone violence of any kind, but you may have seen this uh, on a video making the rounds uh, Story from the New York Post. Very, very funny. Texas Southern University tuba player knocks out an obnoxious heckler during yeah, a football game. Pretty funny. Good for Saturday him. before carrying on playing the instrument. Good. Video taken from the stands during the game between Texas Southern and Jackson State showed the college band's tuba player bouncing along to the music, like Brooke was just doing there, while a fan starts yelling in his face. Jackson State fan can be seen in the footage aggressively yelling continuously at the tuba player who keeps trying to play. Seeming to have had enough, the Texas Southern tuba player says something to the man and then punches him four quick times in the face. Nice. Texas Texas Southern band member then returns to his instrument, continues to dance and play as if nothing happened. John, thank you. Okay, bye. Yeah. That's enough. (laughs) That is enough. I think I, I think you're supposed to. But not enough 
of Minnesota Masonic Charities. I want to tell you a little bit more about them. They have been a wonderful sponsor of Garage Logic, getting the word out. Freemasonry is the world's first and largest fraternal organization. It's a brotherhood of like-minded men who genuinely care about each other and is based on the belief that everybody has a responsibility to help make the world a better place. That sounds good, doesn't it? Through its culture of philanthropy, they have made a profound difference for brothers, their families, their communities, and our future. Freemasons find satisfaction in being part of a centuries-old fraternity whose traditions, core values are important for our society today and will endure for centuries to come. How many are there? Well, there are over 7,000 Masons here in Minnesota in over 100 lodges throughout the state. Yes, scattered throughout the state. They're business owners, doctors, lawyers, teachers, parents, grandparents, guided by faith and principles we all believe in working together to make a difference. If you want to learn more about Freemasonry in Minnesota, I got the website for you, mnfreemasons.org. That's mnfreemasons.org. That's enough. Yeah. Who is it, John? Ozzy? Why can't I hear John? Does John shut his mic off? John, you shut your mic off. I didn't do that. Did I? Yeah, you that's, did. Uh, that's Ozzy, Joe. Crazy okay. train. Uh, hi, Great Pat. Solo by Randy Hello. What are your Hello. thoughts on Ozzy Osbourne, Patrick? <laughs> did he pass away? No. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We're not, not killing him. him. We're not killing him. <laughs> Well, he looked dead 15 years ago, so congratulations <laughs> to him. Yeah. What's I new in the wide I, world of I, sports? You know what I did this week, Pat, for the first time in my life? I've watched two games in a row. I watched the uh, final eight minutes of a Timberwolves game. Way to go. That's good. That's yeah. good. Well, I know you were at a full game once because uh, you oh, yeah. played a prank on the former governor <laughs> right. who never forgave you. <laughs> right. Making him look like a jackass. But, what a uh, great prank it was. <laughs> it was a fantastic. And Kent Whiff gets all the credit. Right. He came to you and said, let's do this because mm-hmm. he'll... He said he'll take the bait like a big old tarp, and he did. <laughs> well, what what was the the debate? What was it, Rook? I, he had a standing bet with people that so and so was the last one out of the locker room. Yeah, yeah and I think it was the uh, the center. What was the center? He went to Denver and he came back, a big center, and he was always the last one out of the locker. So Jesse'd sit out there and bet guys five bucks. Yeah, that he'd be the last one out, and then he'd win his five bucks. And Whiff came to you and said, "Okay, we can uh, do this, and let's do it." Well, we talked about fifty, but I said, "Nah, if it's fifty, he'll be suspicious." Twenty, so we made it. it. Twenty, make it twenty, and then he went in and got the Dean Garrett. Dean, oh, Dean Garrett. I was thinking Malik Seeley, but yeah. it was Dean Garrett. You're right, Dean Garrett. Dean Garrett. So he went in there and. He, Convince Dean to come out first or something. Yeah. And, In the meantime, Jesse said. Or not, not to be the first one out. It was. Not, Dean, yeah, he was always the first one out. He got convinced him to be the last one out. That was what he always bet. Hey, I'll bet you I know who's going to come out first. I wish we had. I said, okay, I'll take that bet. There's no way you would know that. He bought that like a. But here's what I wish we had on camera. I wish we had his reaction because yeah. you know his face just went white. <laughs> that he had well, to yeah, cough up twenty bucks to give to. The best part is he says, "Dean, why didn't you come out?" First? <laughs> <laughs> like a 
five-year-old kid having his candy stolen. Oh, Why did you come out first? Oh, it was wonderful. You know, Patrick, we were reminiscing the other day because it was the 25th anniversary of Jesse winning and turning to Rookie and say, tell Joe and Pat I won. Yeah, you tell Joe and Pat. They said I couldn't well, do it. Well, the next day I was out at Joe Setzer's with 250 guys and young male louts who uh, were all wearing bar jackets and chanting Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. I was right to get right a column and he saw me. He saw my fat arse sitting out there, standing out there, and he said, Hey, Rusey, did you vote for me? And I yelled, never even considered it. <laughs> I, thought, I thought these guys were going to beat me up. You know? <laughs> but he, he had a history of that because when he was doing his walk around at the Capitol, yeah. uh, the late Nick Coleman was in the press thing, and he was trying to be very stealth because he knew that Jesse would call him out if he saw him. So he's yeah. hiding behind a big fern and a pillar so he doesn't see him, and Jesse sees him and goes, Hey, Nikolai Kolmanoff, I did it. <laughs> you know, Coleman's trying to not have any attention drawn to him at all. Nikolai Kolmanoff, I see you over there. Oh, oh my God. It's no, just the it little stuff. Like, it proved that Minnesotans have a sense of humor. Right. Oh, <laughs> Coleman's trying to pull down his cap and not be seen. <laughs> Nikolai Kolmanoff, he called him. Well, he wasn't far off. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad uh, Nick is no longer with us. For you know, just because he's no longer with us, that's too bad. But also the bashing he'd be taking in Trump world, which would be unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> I think he'd be uh, he'd be in big trouble. Anyway, what were we? You watched uh, the last eight minutes of two Timberwolf games. Were you uh, now the the other night? New Orleans didn't have any of their players show up. I don't care. I still don't trust the league. They play these guys play when they feel like it. Well, Zion, you know, the the big Duke star, the guy yeah. that's built like the fullback uh, or the defensive lineman. He uh, he he missed the game for personal reasons. Yeah. Yeah, well, he missed fifty games last year. What was was that impersonal? I don't, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't trust the league. I impersonal just, uh, reasons. I just think yeah. they play when they feel like it. They don't. You can't. You never know when they're giving you an effort or not. I mean, I just don't know. Yes, but uh, well, they don't. You know, I don't know. I suppose probably once once uh, three of their big guys weren't going to play, Zion said, "The hell with it. I don't. I don't feel good tonight. I'm not going to play." So, but the other win was uh, very impressive, and uh, now they have the tough road trip. Though they, uh, you know, they're at San Antonio tonight to play the Giant. Uh, Wembyama. And then uh, the, then they got to play two in a row at Golden State. You uh-huh. know, it's loaded up and probably the co-favorites to win the championship. And then I think they go to, I can't remember, they're out somewhere else on the West Coast. But, uh, oh, Phoenix, they go to Phoenix, which has got all the superstars. So uh, I would say if they get a 2-2 road trip out of this, it'll be uh, it'll be an upset. So All right. You know, I, I, you know, but but you, you know what's the the most impressive thing about him is Gobert is moving. Mm-hmm. Instead of last year, they kind of st- stuck him down by the basket and said, "Do your, you know, just be a big lug down here." And uh, 
and he's actually, uh, you know, they got him moving, running up and down the court, and uh, and they also don't, they're not trying to feed him down there, except the only thing they feed him down there are lob dunks, <laughs> so mm-hmm. he can catch it and dunk it, because that's, he's, he's like leading the world in shooting percentage, because everything he shoots is a dunk. So uh, uh, Who's they, the player they, they, that's been lighting it up? Is it, uh, who am I thinking uh, of? Edwards? Nas or Edwards? Edwards. He seems a joyful sort. He is, although the the game where he had the heroic overtime, he uh, almost urinated it away like he usually does in the last minute by just coming over the line, not looking for anybody, and throwing up a 28-foot brick. So he drives me crazy uh, on those plays, but... Then he comes in in the overtime and made those shots. So and I can I can level now the same complaint against the NBA that I do against the NFL. Way too many coaches. Way too many. <laughs> oh yeah. There's we about six that. or seven of those guys in the same yeah. sweater. That's and, not and that's by, not good. <laughs> by percentage, they got more per player than yeah. the NFL's got. Not NFL's good. Got not twenty two for like sixty five. These guys got seven for Who's the boss? <laughs> yeah, right. And they only play nine. Right. You know, and they got six guys. And they the target center, when when they rebuild when they get a new basketball arena, they're gonna need way more seats down there, uh, by the coaching box because they're, they're all crowded down there. They have to be in the back row now. I know, they get too many, I'm telling you. Imagine if PJ Fleck coached basketball. Man, we'd have a whole row in the first row of the stands would be full of coaches. Is PJ gonna way, get it handed to him tomorrow at Purdue? Well, Purdue stinks, but that is, so what? That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> that means nothing with this you know, team in, in, in the Big Ten West. That doesn't. I've forgotten that Purdue is the defending Big Ten West champion, right? Yeah, they, they were West. edged by Michigan. What was it yeah, <laughs> in the Big yeah, Ten? But Michigan and their signals. This is the greatest non-scandal in the history of mankind, <laughs> but it is hilarious because Harbaugh's continue to insist. He never heard of this guy, even though he's standing next to him over there. And he's kind of like, dressed like a chicken, so people can't tell. I mean, the, the, the cover, it, like all things, like Watergate, the cover up is much worse oh, yeah. than, the, than the crime. Right. You know, it, I mean, they, this guy was basically a super fan that they put on the payroll, but now they're saying, and then they got him standing next to all the. Uh, the coordinator is saying it's going to be a pass. It's going to be a run. Well, two seconds before the play, I don't know what good that does you, but uh, <laughs> but uh, it it's it is it is funny. I'm, but Harbaugh is the number one <laughs> proponent of the old Suturean Racy motto: deny everything. <laughs> <laughs> he must be a Monday Night Sports oh, Talk fan. God. <laughs> God, deny everything. He's a uh, He's over there, this guy. He, he, they got him pictures of him dressing in central Michigan cheering gear to <laughs> spy on the other team. He wasn't worried about central Michigan, but he was spying on the other team. Patrick, so, speaking of the Gophers, did you see he was getting some Final Four love as a prediction? Your guy, who, Richie Patino. 
at New Mexico? Yes. There are, what's oh. the, uh, what is it Andy Katz? Andy Katz predicted New what, Mexico. Did he, get a bunch of, did he get a bunch more transfers? I'm, I'm guessing so, because they weren't, I don't even think they made the tournament last year. No, they didn't. They choked. They got off to like a 13-0 and start, and then they uh, choked down his Joe, That's the guy Joe always thought was practicing coaching when he was on. So. <laughs> I swear he spent the offseason in front of a mirror. Yeah. Learning how to point. Yeah. <laughs> Adjusting the way he pointed. You know. Yeah. Well, here, I got I to gotta get back on a rant I've already had today. But uh, so we got a, basically, we got a 35-inch story on uh, in the Star Tribune today. The, the excuse for the pathetic non-conference schedule that, uh, that uh, our guy Ben Johnson uh, has came up with this year yeah. that doesn't include St. Thomas, they have paid 685000 in guarantees to six of these mutts that they had come in. You could have had St. Thomas over here for bus change. Mm-hmm. They would have came <laughs> over, and they would have had 11,000 people instead of 4,000. But But... Johnson's quoted as saying he just doesn't know what good it would do. Really? Mm-hmm. You know, you'd have 11,000 people in the arena instead of 28, you dummy. 2,800. You know? yeah. 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 But if they're lucky. Tonight, who we got tonight? Hated Texas San Antonio, I think. Ooh, that'll, be a, that'll be a barn burner. <laughs> the Wild have hated Buffalo. Is that home? No, they're on the road. They're on the road. They lost back to the to Ranger last road. night. They were 1-1 against the Rangers going into uh, OT, and then they mm-hmm. let her get away. Huh? They had a nice first, game against the island. Them. Yep. They uh, beat the Rangers here, right? Yes, they did. In a shootout. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They had a nice game against the island. They uh, played pretty well last night, but the Rangers pretty good. And we now they go to the Buffalo. We must. The coach must be way off the Gus bus because he's playing flurry every time yeah. he can. You know? Yeah. So. Uh, they have to play the Gus tonight, though. You can't have you can't have them go three nights in a row, can you? Fifty-three-year-old flurry, two nights in a row. No, fifty-three-year-old. He's lying. He's lying. He's like the old Cuban ball players. Right. He used to be about four years younger. He's he's born in some French Canadian house, and they said, "Yeah, you know." He's Danny Almonte reincarnated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wonder what happened to Danny. Hmm. I don't know, but there was a story of in, in the last couple of years that there's some kid playing in the Little League World Series that was my size. You know, he's six three. Yeah, it's like, right. damn, Danny Almonte had a kid. Somebody had put it. Quote, it was really funny. Does anybody miss yeah. baseball? I, I do for some reason. I do. Yeah. Patrick. Put the word out over to the, the, the conglomerate of Levine and Falvey. I'm going to solve the payroll issues for $100,000. I'll do it. Did you see my solution that I gave to Judd and no. Phil this morning? I did. You want cheaper beer. I want whatever you cut <laughs> payroll by, whatever the percentage is, Yep. we take that much off beer prices. That's your, I think, so. That's not bad. It's going to be like, it's going to be about 20%, almost 20% they're going to cut. So that means a fourteen dollar beer is eleven twenty. Mm-hmm. So that means when you tip them, you give them eighty cents instead of a buck, right? Okay. So you're saving that. So it's a twelve bucks instead of fifteen. I think they got to do this, don't they? I think so. Cut the beer prices to mollify the upset fans, because these are the real fans, the attendees. Give them a break. Say, okay, we're not giving you as good a product. 
Uh, and, uh, by the way, Reavers, is there a beer with gray in it anywhere? Is there? Well, they beer? have gray duck, but that's a seltzer. That's a seltzer. Oh, okay. Well, we don't. Why are they cutting the salary 20%? Uh, because they lost $53 million of the um, television money. Yeah. Well, the there goes they your playoff they contention. They haven't, they haven't come close to uh, I disagree. Okay. Here's why. You have a $100,000 solution? I have a $100,000 solution. Uh, I will take it in the form of cash. So here's what we do. Patrick, you're with me. Yes. We're getting rid of $10 million by dumping the lout Joey Gallo. He's not coming back. There's $10 yeah, million right well, there. That, but we're, we got 125 with Joey gone, I think. All right. And that, does that include the Sonny Gray 20 mil that we gave him? Doesn't matter. No, 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 no. This is, no, the 153 was Joey. Yeah, that gets you down to 142. All right, right? so we're down to 142. I'm trading Max Kepler because I can yeah. play Walner anyway, and Walner at this point I think is better than Kepler. So I'm putting I'm yeah. putting Walner in right field. I'm saving 10 million bucks on Kepler. Get me anything. Get me a double-A arm. I don't care. Get him out of here. We're done with that. I'm making Buxton play center field. Every day, yeah, Joe. But that's great. Every that day. Gonna kill him. Get your show. butt out there. You're yeah. playing every day. I'm trading Polanco. There's another $11 million. Ooh, I'm trading I, Polanco. I don't like that. No, I want the French kid playing second base. Get out there. Let's go yeah. here. Right. And uh, I had another one, and I forgot off the top of my head. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Well, they, they're going to do all those things, but they still uh, – Kyle Farmer, get him out of here. He's, he's oh, but I like Kyle crazy. Farmer. I think I like – Out of hell with him. He's uh, – <laughs> you know, you got – you got Brooksley, you got Royce Lewis playing third, you got Correa playing short. But, but, you know what, Kyle Farmer, he fits Joe's description. He could play hockey. Took one off the face, right? Yeah. Oh, then you can, yeah. And he came back and played. That's rare yeah, in baseball. I, I, yep. He's 33 years old, and who cares? I know, but I like him. I like anyway, him as a ball player. Who cares? Anyway, it is uh, wonderful that uh, some people who have never been to a ball game are irate about this. <laughs> right, exactly. But I have. Uh, uh, they got us. They got us. Whatever they spend, it's got to be on pitching, though. Yep. So. I agree. Yes, John. I have Danny Almonte news. Yeah. Uh, because oh, you guys good. wanted to know what happened to him. Out of high school, uh, he tried to uh, enter the 2000 C Major League, uh, 2006 Major League Baseball draft, but nobody drafted him. Then he went to a junior college and turned professional after that, signing with the Southern Illinois Miners in the Independent Frontier League, where he had a nice little career, but still no major league teams were interested. So he ended up working as a coach at James Monroe High School, and this past couple of years, he's coached at Cardinal Hayes in New York City, a high school there, okay. and he's now 36 so, years old. Wait a minute. So he went to confession <laughs> and told the priest, I lied yeah. about my age. Patrick. They gave him uh, a dispensation. Do you know what this means, Patrick? He's over the age of 35, meaning there's no 30-mile restriction. He can come pitch for the Faribault Lakers next summer. (laughs) We will sell tickets, baby. I I, got to bring up one more thing here. It's been so long since I went to confession, I forgot what they called it when they they left out of the <laughs> they, they let you out of the room. Forgiveness. <laughs> I forgot what they called. Well, they give you pens. <laughs> penance. I knew the penance, but I didn't know what they called it. Forgiveness. You know. Yeah. Like, what you know, were like, you I, looking for? It wasn't yeah. dispensation. I was incorrect. Yeah. No dispensation. That's what you get, isn't it? No, you get forgiven. 
You're you're forgiven all your sin. You got a clean slate to start painting yeah. it up hey, again. Uh, uh, Father, uh, Father, I gotta tell you. I don't know. I was in the hallway. I should go someday just for giggles. Uh, <laughs> hey, you got a few minutes, Padre? Father, it's been, 50, Father, it's been 52 years since oh my last. <laughs> I was walking the beach yeah. in Fort Myers. And I, had, I had several impure thoughts. <laughs> I got some tips. What's the old joke about the guy? I got some leads. Oh, I got some, I got some, I got some leads. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Hey, Goodbye. Is, I'll is, see you Monday. We'll see you again Monday. Yeah. See you, Pat. Or there's the one we can't. There's the one we can't say. What does Father give for? Yeah. What does Father? Uh, you know what he does? He gives him bratwurst. Oh. Bratwurst. Oh my gosh! I gotta pull. <laughs> Forgive up my, me, Father. I have grilled. I'm pulling I have up. Grilled wrong. I'm pulling up Grunhoffers right now on. Uh, what is this hey, called? Instagram? It's grilling season. It's going to be in the 60s next week. Uh, it's you know time to load up. And you know what else? Thanksgiving. You know what else Ron Harvard's doing? Thursday. They're hiring. Thanksgiving. Well, it's Thanksgiving Talk to me. time. No. It's grilling turkey. time. Turkey. Help me. Stuffing and gravy turkey brat. Oh. <laughs> really? You got a Thanksgiving wow. in one. What a preview this weekend that would be because the weather's going to warm up. A perfect combination of classic Thanksgiving flavors, stuffy and gravy mixed into our turkey bratwurst. Son of a bee, that sounds really good. Yeah, that does sound pretty good. Here. Here's the deal. What's Where up, bro? You've you got Grun two locations. you got Grunhofer's uh, just north of Hugo on Highway 61. And, and the other location is at the bottom of that stack of papers. No, I know where the other location <laughs> is. It's in Forest Lake, just uh, east of 35. <laughs> and uh, I do have a piece of paper with phone numbers on it. For some so reason, you got a lot of pieces of paper. Honestly, the best course of action is go to their website, grunhoffersmeatmarket.com. That's their best. That's your best well, bet right there. Plus, they're hiring people. Right. If you want to get into the meat industry, there's no better meat emporium around than Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. And uh, it's not just the brats. Like, uh, it's uh, Thanksgiving. Hey, get a ham, get a turkey, Hams, get a, everything. turkeys, bacon, uh, pork shoulders. You, what are you going to show me? Look at this. You got their phone number right Look there. Look at this. Can you do brats for Thanksgiving? I think you can. Well, you can do anything for Thanksgiving now. Here's the, here's the Hugo number, 651 Four two six twenty eight hundred because you can call and they'll put a meal together for you. Yeah, you plus know, they, you can get those meat packs too. Right, right. They, they do they, all the work. You get all, all the, the credit, work, and then you'll meet a bunch of other GLers there. And plus, anyone there behind the counter, you could ask for uh, cooking tips too because well, they all know what they're doing. You say you having brats for Thanksgiving? Why don't you just go all out? It's turkey time. Free range, fresh turkeys. Call to order. You call them, they'll have that turkey ready for you. And here's the number for the Forest Lake store, 651-982-1182. And again, the Hugo phone number, 651-426-2800. You can order a pre-made meal. And don't forget, it's uh, there's still Bavarian Oktoberfest bratwurst available. Mm. These are some of the most delicious flavors of brats you'll ever encounter. And they're hiring people. You want to get into the meat industry. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats.
For those of you diehard weekly scramble fans, I apologize. Uh, Mr. Fratelloni and his schedule, we were unable to record a weekly scramble this week. So, Joe, I'd like to thank our loyal sponsor of that show, Harmony Spirits, for sticking with us. And you know what? HarmonySpirits.net is their website. Check out their website for upcoming events. Stop it at the tasting room because they have created a monster. I gave a bottle to Rook. Mm-hmm. The Masters Maples Bourbon Barrel Aged Maple Syrup. I've I tried s- it. I looked. Oh, the maple syrup is fantastic. How's the uh, How's that bottle of bourbon I'm holding up? I'm staring at it, and it still has the seal, and it kills me every day. Well, you're waiting for a special occasion. Yeah, I'll, probably Thanksgiving. But it's a perfect time to think about buying a gift for someone. You know, you I don't know what to get them. Go down to Harmony Spirits. It's going to be a beautiful couple of days. Head on down there. It's in a beautiful part of the state of Minnesota. But please continue to go into your local liquor store and continue to ask for the Harmony brand by name. That is going to continue to help our friends grow their business. But, yeah, that maple syrup is, that's pretty good you stuff. You can't beat real maple syrup. And when you put it on bacon and then bake the bacon. Oh, no one's going to do up. that. Only, yeah, only are, you are no, going to do People it. are going to do it. I actually did it for the boys a couple so weekends good. ago. It's really good. It's really delicious. Yeah. Anyway. HarmonySpirits.net is a website at HarmonySpirits on Twitter. Uh, Wednesday night. Oh, yeah. We are at Tattersall Brewery in River Falls, Wisconsin for the town council meeting. Courtesy Please of? RSVP, courtesy of Precision Garage Door. Yeah, you can't just show up. Of the, uh, the metro in western Wisconsin. Yes. But uh, you got RSVP. That's apparently crucial. Our superiors tell us that's crucial. You need to not only be a member of the town council, but you have to RSVP. We understand sometimes you think you're automatically in, but you also need to RSVP. You can do both of those things at the website, garagelogic.com. And bring your questions. This is an official town council meeting. Gavels, American flag, Pledge of Allegiance, the whole deal. And I think we forgot to mention a couple of times, everybody in attendance there that day is getting the Garage Logic map that yeah, we had yeah. at the Minnesota State right. Fair. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I feel bad for the GLers in Oklahoma and Florida and Kansas. Well, maybe and, You know what? Maybe we'll take the town council meeting on the road. Well, 2020. I was more accurately worried about them not getting a map. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. A man in South Korea... Are you still going? Was crushed to death. Oh, no. By a robot that thought he was a cardboard box. Oh. See, I don't want to go that way. Yeah, we're. That'd yeah. be tough. How'd we the, lose that? That'd be tough at the wake, wouldn't it? Well, uh. How'd Ernie go? How'd Ernie go? Well, Did he go out doing something he loved? He was working at the vegetable packaging plant. Yep. Working at the. At the. What do you call plant. it? Working oh. at the uh, assembly hatchery. line. Oh, hatchery. hatchery. Working yeah. at the hatchery. They hated the hatchery. They just brought in robots, and they they thought Dad God. was a box, so they <laughs> packed him up there. Crushed him. Yeah, that's a that's a tough way to go. Yeah, oh. I don't. That really. Doesn't. They thought he. It's worse than that. Oh, really? The, the robotic arm uh, thought the man was a box of vegetables. Ooh. It's How a, do you chide a, a robot? Hey. Bad robot. No, yeah, no, no. What do you What do you say? And then it put him on the conveyor belt before crushing his face and chest because they were kind of folding him up there to get on the truck. You know, yeah, oh, ship get him, him out there. Right, right. You know. Slap a little get him delivered. Him. Boy, Slap you're at a you're at Yo Kang's uh, burger joint, and this shows up in the, hey, the hey, on the loading dock. You think what what happened? Where the here? hell's my lettuce? <laughs> we this got is, a delivery. This doesn't look like <laughs> oh, lettuce. God. I don't think this he is. Was a 
taken to the hospital, but not surprisingly, he he died. Wow. Uh, He was an employee that uh, they they install industrial robots. He'd been sent to the plant to examine whether the machine was working properly. Wow. I I think we can safely realize now that that it has not. No, that's That's irony, isn't it? not, yeah. He was checking on them, and they did them in. Do you know Chipotle has announced... (laughs) It's testing robots to make bowls and salads to make their huh. fast food easier. I, I don't. Uh, I'm not. Well, going, this, I'm not eating anywhere all, where there's a robot. All right. jokes aside, this is now a reaction to the increased minimum wage prices in some mm-hmm. of the larger cities. We had a robot crushing and seriously injuring a worker at an auto parts factory in March. Uh, and last year, a robot installed near a conveyor belt fatally crushed a worker at a milk factory. Yeah, you can. Mm. You gotta so stay away from I'm those not, guys. I'm not working anywhere where there's robots. Well, what do you mean? I what, am a robot. Did it matter what kind of milk it was? Yeah, skim because it could slip through the cracks a little bit easier. Uh, Only because they come to us. <laughs> was that the spill? That was a legit question. Spill a truck. Remember, truck Whole spilled milk, milk would have been right thicker. Skim milk would be thinner and easier to... Only because they come to us all the way from Mirador in San Jose, Ecuador. Okay. From the Traveling Limans at WorldwideWaftage.com. On this day... Joe, today's November 10th. John, are you ready to help me? Gotcha. The Sisters of St. Joseph Saint Joseph of Carondelet, that's how I say it. Carondelet? Is it Carondelet? <laughs> it's Carondelet, yes. Of Carondelet, opened a school for girls in St. Paul, enrolling f- 14 pupils and... Holding classes in the former Chapel of St. Paul. Originally, originally named St. Mary's, their school would eventually be known as St. Joseph's Academy. Oh. On this day in 1855... 11, Henry W. Longfellow published the Song of Hiawatha. Although the poet never visited Minnesota, his poem depicts locations such as Minnehaha Falls, Minnehaha in the Dakota language. I see. And you cannot go ahead, say John. And inspired laughing. some of the state's Ojibwe place names, including Bena, B-E-N-A. Is that Bena? Bena. Yeah, Bena. Nushka, Osseo. Panama, and Wabasso. I'll be damned. Mm. On this day in 1871. 1110. Creighton High School opened in St. Paul. Named named for Joseph Creighton, the first bishop of the Diocese of St. Paul. The school would merge with Durham Hall High School in 1987. On this day. November 10th. In 1880, because we were busy on this day as Minnesotans, weren't we? On this day in 1880, Captain R.H.L. Jewett received from the government a shipment of young carp with which to stock rice. Counties Lakes, a government commission had been formed. Yep, in response to European immigrants demanding carp. Wow. Wow. Come and get them. On this day. We'll trade you for pandas. On this day. November 10th. In 1933, workers at the Hormel meatpacking plant Ooh. in Austin staged their first sit-down strike in American labor history. It got ugly, didn't it? Occupying the factory to prevent non-strikers from operating the equipment. The, stri- yes. the strike was settled on December 8 after hearings by the Industrial Revolution. Commission of Minnesota. On this day. It's a long one, November yeah. 10th. In 1975. Here it is. 
The ore boat Edmund Fitzgerald sank in Lake Superior and 29 crewmen drowned. Do you know that that's the largest boat that has ever sunk in Lake Superior? I did. Know that's that. a sad story. I didn't know that. Way over 700 feet long. Mm. Isn't that huh. something? Mm. And finally, on this day in 1976, November 10th. Governor Wendell R. Anderson announced that he will fill a newly elected Vice President Mondale's U.S. Senate seat. He resigns as governor. And is replaced by Lieutenant Governor Rudy Perpich, who then appoints Anderson to complete Mondale's term. The move ends Anderson's political career and makes Perpich's. Anderson would not earn re-election to the Senate in 1978, but Perpich would serve out Anderson's term and be elected governor in 1982. See, we have to tag-team these because sometimes my printer... I, I, I see. ...leaves yes. me in a it's lurch, been, as been a we daily say. Occurrence, yeah. It leaves me in a lurch. Thank you, GLers, and uh, I hope you enjoy the warm weather that's headed our way. Exactly, and you can take your computer out to your backyard, subscribe to Garage Logic on YouTube, and sit there and just watch fun, entertaining videos. What if I want to do it in my front Free. yard? Uh, you can do it in your front yard, but you got to rake those leaves though first. Got it. They are the uh, Garage Logic Town Council, of which you need to be a member if you're going to go to Tatters and RSVP. That's at garagelogic.com. You sign up for $10 a month, $100 a year. It's the best bargain of the century. You get inside information. It's a lot of fun to see what we do. I don't know why, but in between the breaks, we uh, we do a lot of weird stuff. So just check it out. <laughs> Town Council members, you're about to get rewarded once again once we're done with the show. Yeah. And remember, uh, garagelogic.com has got some garb for sale. Pony up, get that sweatshirt so you're nice and toasty, toasty warm for the winter. Yeah.